Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, not only do we have cover three NFL news and notes of the day, but we're also going to select our grand prize winner, for the Shrine Bowl hookup. Get some tickets to the Shrine Bowl. Already got those. Gave out a lot of tickets to the Shrine Bowl. That's happening Thursday going on at Allegiant Stadium. Excited about that. This show will be coming to you live from the Shrine Bowl at Allegiant Stadium on Thursday. But also you're going to get some club tickets. Get a little get a food, some drink, get some uh, get a football that's autographed by the players that are out there. And it was cool, man. I was out there last year at the Shrine Bowl, and I got a football, and it's in my little display case at the house. It's not an autograph by all the players, but it's just a Shrine Ball football, and it says Allegiant Stadium. And it's kind of like one of those those balls that that is a football, but then it also has the the white side of it where if you want to get autographs, you can. It, it just it looks real slick. So I have that in my display case right now. Well, you're going to get that ball. But you're also going to get the autographs from all the players. And so I did see a couple of those last year that were given out. I thought that was really cool. So we're going to call the winner live on the air here coming up at the top of the hour. Then we'll get into cover three NFL news and notes of the day. And please believe there's plenty of news and notes of the day. But we also want to hear from you. We have another guest coming up on the show, Andrea Carter from ESPN. She'll join us at 430. This show has been flying by. I know I say that every day. But, man, I'll tell you, I look up and I'm like, it's 4? How in the hell is it 4 o'clock already? Right? The show's damn near over. I'm about to call Natalie up and be all, Natalie, can I get another hour? I know when I first started this show, it was only a two-hour show. I've already hustled an extra hour. Do I got to ex- hustle two? Hell, it's the offseason. <laughs> but here we are. I guess that's the beauty of it. If we're doing it like we're doing it right now, that's a good thing. So Andrea Carter, ESPN, she'll join us coming up at 4.30. But the question that I threw out there, what stood out to you the most about the championship games that the Raiders could use moving forward? It's real simple. 69187, keyword r and our listener line is 702-365-9200. And we got a text here from my guy, Peg Leg Raider in San Antonio. He said, what I saw this weekend, you must be able to create interior pressure to go far in the playoffs. And as far as McZigler drafting, I don't hear nearly enough about Dylan Parra making the all-rookie team. Let him get a full draft in before we start the whole we can't draft well talk. That's Peg Leg Raider, spot on and spot on when it comes to that text right there. And, yeah, that interior pressure is something we've been talking about. I know Eddie in L.A. called us earlier in the show and said, got to get that, bring the pain. Isn't that what we're hashtagging it, bring the pain? Isn't that what we do now is we hashtag everything? So hashtag bring the pain. The Raiders have got to find someone that can get that interior pressure. And, and really, honestly, I'd like to see them get two or three people that can get that interior pressure. Nice, have a nice little rotation. I'd love to see that. Deron Payne had a hell of a season, 11 and a half sacks from the interior for the Washington Commanders. I realized that that was a contract year, and I realized that was his best year, and sometimes his buyers beware. But I just think he's a hell of a player, and he could provide something that the Raiders need. Max Crosby needs some help. And just like Peg Leg Raider said, and just like Eddie in L.A. called earlier, got to get some of that interior push. You can get that interior push. A guy like Max Crosby can go from having 12 and a half sacks to 17 sacks, 18 sacks. If you saw what Hassan Reddick was able to do, and I, I'm a man, I wasn't here when, when, uh, when Hassan Reddick was coming out of Temple and eventually got drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, number 13 overall. Matter of fact, that was the year that Garyon Conley ended up being the selection from, for the Raiders at number 24 overall. But that was in Philadelphia, and I remember being in Philadelphia, and he's from Temple, which is obviously right there in Philadelphia. I remember interviewing him, and that's when Matt Rule had taken over at Baylor. So Matt Rule had coached up Hassan Reddick and Deion Dawkins, who's the big left tackle for the Buffalo Bills, and a couple other guys. He had like four guys from Temple go in the draft, which tells you all you need to know. He's a hell of a college coach. Obviously, he didn't work out in the NFL. But I remember talking to Hassan Reddick, and, I, man, I was, I was hoping the Raiders could find a way to get him because this dude, you want to talk about a guy, you know Dave Ziegler talks about versatility all the time? You want to talk about a guy with versatility. When Hassan Reddick went to school, went to college at Temple, he was a running back. A running back. <laughs> Then they moved him to linebacker. Then he put him outside to the edge and just tell him to, you know, pin his ears back and go. Then they put him in another position. Like, they had him everywhere. Matt Rule said, hey, we're going to move you from running back and put you on the defensive side of things. We think we can get something from you. Gets drafted by Arizona. They had no clue how to use him. His first couple years, you go back and look at the numbers, terrible. 
they thought, oh, this guy's going to be a bust. I think he went number 13 overall to Arizona that year. I was upset about that when I was hoping he was going to somehow slide <laughs> to 24. Reggie McKenzie would pull the trigger. Instead, he pulled the trigger on Gary on Conley. We all know how that went. I was so angry about I was so angry, Raider Nation, about that one. I was standing there with my guy, Mike Gill, at the bottom of those rocky steps while that draft was going on and got word that the Raiders were about to draft Gary on Conley, and I started banging my head against the wall that wasn't there. I was so angry about that. That's a whole other story. I don't want to open that can of worms. We've had a good show today. <laughs> but Hassan Reddick didn't do very well at all his first couple of years in Arizona. Finally, his last year in Arizona figured it out. Then he leaves by way of free agency, ends up going to Matt Rule in Carolina, and does really well. But not well enough to keep him long-term and give him a nice, nice contract extension. He signs a three-year, $45 million contract extension with Philadelphia this, this last offseason, and then all of a sudden is the second-leading rusher in the league, rush, rushing or Edge rusher in the, in, in the league, I should say, with 17 and a half sacks. It's just incredible. What a hell of a season for Hassan Reddick. And you saw how, he, how much he impacted that game on Sunday. But going back to Peg Leg Raiders' point, a lot of that had to do because that interior was getting pressure as well. You've got to be able to provide that interior. If you can get that interior pressure, then the edge rushers can eat. I still think the Raiders need to improve whoever's across from Max Crosby, I believe Chandler Jones is going to be there and be part of the mix, but I think that they need to have another guy too. They have another dude that they can feel like can be the Robin to Max Crosby's Batman. And Chandler Jones could come in and, and provide what he provides and continue to do what he does as far as leadership goes and practice and all that other stuff, but I think that they, they need another dude. Of course, it always is going to go back to the quarterback though as well. So uh, Peg Leg Raider, thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, what stood out from yesterday's game? You have to have solid defense. Quarterback play that can make key third-down throws for first downs and overall consistent play for four quarters. I have this sick, sick notion in my stomach that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Philly must beat KC. If, if not, I'm going to buy a dollar steak as a punishment. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. Shout-out to DeMond and his $1 steaks. And I know DeMond's not on the show today. Bobby is holding it down for him. And even Bobby wouldn't go to the dollar store and buy a dollar steak. <laughs> Bobby looked at me. He's like, I ain't even turning the mic on. Oh, hell no. Well, DeMond did that. He went and decided he was going to buy a dollar steak. So there's that. So thank you so much for those texts. You can keep those texts coming in. And also, you can give us a call at 702-365-9200. What stood out to you the most about the championship games that the Raiders could use moving forward? Again, Andrea Carter from ESPN will join us at 430. Now let's have a little bit of fun, Bobby. Let's have a little bit of fun. Let's go ahead and hook up this this Shrine Bowl championship package, right? The game is on Thursday. We want to give out not only the tickets that we've already given out, but we also want to hook up the club seats. We want to hook up the football that's autographed. We want to make it do what it do. So we've got the name. We've got the number. It's been sitting by me this whole time. My man Bobby's going to dial it up, make it happen, and uh, we're going to see. We'll see, we'll see if we have some fun, first of all. I'm going to try to... I'm going to try to act, you know, Bobby, I'm going to try to act a fool with this uh, this call a little bit. We'll see how it all shakes out. So let's go ahead and give this young man a call. Hi, it's Wayne. Hey, Wayne, how you doing, man? This is, uh, this is... I know who this is. Don't even say another word. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold no, on. No, hold on. I know who it is. It's Q. Wait a minute. Hold on, Wayne. You just, you just blew my cover, man. <laughs> what's going on how you doing i'm doing good unpacking boxes we nice. moved from uh we moved from green valley over to uh spanish trails so we're, we're unpacking okay all right that's awesome i was about to man i was about to call and tell you that you owed some child support you were behind on your payments i i had all kind of great creativity going on in my I brain told those kids never to come around here again you <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right, man. Hey, well, I wanted to give you a call and let you know that you won East-West Shrine Bowl tickets. You won those on our show, but you also you won the grand prize. So you're going to be sitting in a, in a nice little box. You're going to get an autographed football. You're going to get you're getting the whole shebang, man. You're getting the Are hookup. Are you kidding me? No, um, hey, look. Oh, well, I mean, man, I, after the weekend I had, that is the greatest news I could ever hear. Thank you, sir. No doubt, no doubt. Well, I, I appreciate you listening to us and uh, allowing us to be the the silly guys that we are around here. But uh, more more importantly, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, being a winner, man, and you should enjoy the East West Shrine Bowl on Thursday. Raider Nation Radio nine twenty is the best. Thank you. And no matter what anybody in Waco said, I'm still going to listen to Q every day. <laughs> That's right. Hey Wayne, I appreciate you, my man. My uh, my guy Craig is going to reach out to you and uh, and give you all the details that you need to know ahead of the game. All right. Have a have a blessed week. Okay. All right. You too, brother. Congratulations. Thanks, Q. All right. 
There he Good go- stuff, Wayne. Appreciate you, brother. There he goes. There he goes. That is my guy, Wayne, got hooked up with the, the ultimate prize pack right there, Shrine Bowl. I had a good one going. I was going to hit him with the child support comment. We probably should have used our caller ID or blocked our caller ID, too. Probably gave him away on that. But I was going to use the old child support hook, line, and sinker. That's really the only one I know. I guess that's the only one that I got on my phone all the time. That's the one that I was always concerned about, so I figured everyone's like me and concerned about that as well. We'll get into cover three NFL news and notes in just a quick second, but let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy Paul in Temecula. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I, I enjoy your uh, your radio show every day, driving home from work in traffic, man, so you bring a highlight to my day. Appreciate you, brother. Before I start, hey, you know what stood out to me during those games is uh, it, it just goes back to my opinion from uh, a couple of weeks ago is uh, either a badass defense or a badass quarterback. I'm still going to say badass quarterback. And let me tell you why. For as good as that Niner defense was, right, and they're great and they're ranked number one, the legend of Brock Purdy came back to earth, right? And when he got hurt and he was an average quarterback, and John Johnson was an average quarterback. They couldn't move the ball. Mm-hmm. They couldn't score points. For as good as that defense was, they got tired. They made mistakes. They made penalties. They gave up three first downs on, on penalties. Yeah. Right? Yep. And at the end, it costed them games. But had they had a badass quarterback that could sustain drives, score points, play ball control, run the ball when you need to, be aggressive when you need to. It's a whole different game. Look at Patrick Mahomes. A 70% healthy Patrick Mahomes was able to beat a top 15 defense, right? Because he's a badass quarterback. Listen, I'm not saying the Raiders shouldn't build a defense. I, I believe I, I believe wholeheartedly that they do. They need to address all the other weaknesses. Defensive tackle, linebacker, safety corner. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. But if we want to be competitive right now or moving forward for the next 15 years, we need to get a badass quarterback that could set the tone. And then we have an average defense, we could win games. Now, for all the Raider fans who are crying that, that wanted to keep D.C. and have a top 10 defense, those are the same results we're going to get when the 49ers got, when they got average play and their defense got tired because the offense couldn't sustain drives and score points when they needed to. That's I, all I got, Q. I like Thanks. it. Before, hey, before I let you go, Paul, before yeah. I let you go, let me ask you this. I would What's love up? to see a badass quarterback for the Raiders. I really would. Do you think yeah. that that badass quarterback is in this draft? Um, I, I don't think so, to be honest with you, Q. Okay. The, the, the only guy that, that I see um, – and again, I'm not a, a, a guy that breaks down film and all this, but but the characteristics and the traits that I like is Will Levis. That guy has a strong arm, but regardless of the arm, he's willing to stay in the pocket and take hits and make and let the routes develop. And and one of the one of the other things that I do like is that um, because he played in lesser competition, quote unquote, right? Um, he didn't have these all-star players to throw to like the guys that come out of Alabama who are wide-ass open and making all the throws <laughs> like to a tongue of Aloha, right? So when they get to the NFL, those routes are not going to be wide-ass open all the time. <laughs> the pressure is going to come into the pocket, right? So, so the game that he played in Kentucky is more realistic than what he's going to see in the NFL than to, to a tongue of Aloha had in, in Alabama. That's just my opinion. Hey, no, now, good not, stuff. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's, he's, he's an all-be-all, but as far as characteristics, traits, stepping up in the pocket, willing to take a hit, scrambling when need to, I think he fits that bill. All right, there it is. Good stuff, Paul. Thanks for the call, man. It's always it's always thought-provoking, and that's all we ask, man. It, you know, you don't have to agree with me. Uh, just come with some good stuff, and I thought that, that was some good stuff. And, I've, you know, I know that the 49ers, someone's argument is going to say, yeah, well, the 49ers were down to the third and fourth string quarterback. I get that. I get that. But there's a point to, to be had to what Paul had to say. When that quarterback went down, even though it was their, you know, again, their third string quarterback, uh, the defense was, you know, it, it became susceptible because, again, they didn't have a lot of confidence in their offense. I honestly believed in that game at some point, Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel was just going to be like the Wildcat quarterback and just be like, you know what? Blanket. Just go and do this. Just see if this works because Johnson ain't it. 
You knew that. I mean, he was on his 13th team for a reason. He had no expectations to be in the game. It's funny, I was doing ESPN Radio uh, nationally with Orlando Franklin and Mike Wells when the game was going on, and it was so funny because Mike Wells said, oh, yeah, you knew Johnson didn't have any expectations to play this game. He didn't even go to the barbershop and get his hair cut. He didn't even get a fade before <laughs> before he got to the game. He never expected to, to be highlighted on the sideline, and unfortunately for Johnson, he went down with a concussion. But, I mean, man, you want to talk about bad luck having no luck. The 49ers were down to their fourth quarterback. Now, I still would love to have that great defense, but I do think that there's something to be said with what Paul's saying about having that quarterback that can really go toe-to-toe with a Joe Burrow, with a Josh Allen, with a Patrick Mahomes, with a Justin Herbert. Sometimes the defense just ain't working, right? And, and look, Raider Nation, we all saw it at Allegiant Stadium. I saw the 49ers defense give up 34 to, Justin, uh, to, uh, to Jarrett Stidham and the Raiders going to overtime. And because of a defensive play, they ended up winning the game. That's where I think that the complimentary, uh, the complimentary ball comes into play, right? If you have a badass quarterback, you can go toe-to-toe. Maybe your defense ain't what it was. It's supposed to be that day. And maybe they give up 34, quarter, uh, 34 points to a quarterback that they weren't expecting to give up those points to. But when push comes to shove, then the defense can make that big-time play and you can win the game. But that quarterback could also keep you in it. So I, I totally understand the argument. I just look at the draft. I mean, look, Brady – is a badass quarterback, even though we all know, you know, he's older and he's on his last legs. Who knows if he's going to play anymore or not? But he's a very short time, short term solution. Rodgers is a badass quarterback. He'll be a Hall of Famer, but how? Who knows how long he's going to be? If he plays, what three or four years? I'd be shocked. Just because every single year it feels like we hear the same song and dance. Does he want to play? Does he want to play in Green Bay? Does he want to go? It sounds like every single year, and that's part of the reason I think Devontae Adams is here because he got tired of the song and dance every year. It's kind of like having that girl or, or in being in that relationship where it's like they're always threatening to leave you, <laughs> right? At some point, you're like, well, get the hell on then. <laughs> There's the door. What did Martin used to say? Get to stepping, <laughs> right? At some point, it's just like, well, get to stepping then. Go on, Gina, right? I mean, that's just how it feels at some point. I feel like every single year in Green Bay, that's what's going on. So I don't know how long that would be a solution. So what's your answer after that? If it's not one of these guys that are in the top 10 right now this year, okay, then someone could say, well, Q, you can go get your bad quarterback next year. Well, you don't expect to be in the top 10 next year. You hope you're not in the top 10 next year. If you're in the top 10 next year, I can only imagine what this radio show sounds like. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I may have to actually go on vacation for a couple times just to get through the year because I know Raider Nation will be angry. Hell, I'll be angry. I'd much rather do happy shows than angry shows. It's, it's, it's a lot more fun. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's almost one of those situations. You know, my guy, most known unknown, he's from Philly. He always hits me up and he says, at some point, Q, the Raiders have to make a decision on a young cat. They got to go ahead and they got to roll the dice. And that's just it. And look, Patrick Mahomes, what we could say is the best quarterback in the league right now, right? I can say that and feel comfortable saying that. He wasn't the best quarterback in college coming out. There was a lot of questions about him. His accuracy, can he pick up? Uh, NFL concepts because he wasn't throwing, he wasn't doing that. He came from Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury in Texas Tech. I knew who he was. I was very familiar with him because seeing him play against Baylor all the time, seeing him play in the Big 12 all the time. So I knew what his abilities were. But I don't think anyone knew he was going to end up being the baddest in the land as quickly as he did. But he had the advantage of being able to sit behind Alex Smith for a year, learning, and then when the keys were given to him to the car, he was able to run with it. And he's continued to run with it. He's in the Super Bowl again. But there was a lot of questions. And Kansas City moved up. I'm talking about it's going to take a lot of capital to move from 7 to 3. They moved up from 24 to 10. That's a hell of a jump. That's a huge jump. So they gave up a lot, but they were very much all in on this guy is going to be the truth. He's going to be the difference maker. He's going to set this organization up for years to come. And guess what? They were right. So if you have faith that that guy is in the draft and you want to make that, that move, you know, I know Raider Mac calls all the time, move up to number one and go get Bryce Young, and I say that's unrealistic. If you really 100% believe that that is the dude and you want to move up to one, Chicago's got a quarterback. So just say, you, just for S's and giggles, that's what you want to do. If that's what you want to do, you have to realize how much you're giving up and you better get it right because if he ain't that dude, then what? Then you're in a bad position. I would like to see the Raiders build up that team, have a nice team built around whoever the quarterback's going to be. 
the defense in a good place. Doesn't have to be elite, but be in a good place. A lot better than it is right now. Offensive line in a good place. Playmakers in a good place. And then if you have to make a, a move like Kansas City did, look, they were consistently going to the playoffs. They were consistently going to the playoffs. So if you're going to make that move, then you feel better that, okay, I know we're not going to have some big-time draft capital for a while, but this guy's going to put us over the top. That's the order of operations for me, especially when I'm not convinced that there's a a, a, a real deal badass quarterback in this upcoming draft. That's just me. But I would love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, our adobebroke.com. Text line 69187, keyword R&R. But, Paul, great call. Right? It got me going. It got, it, got, it got all the conversation going. Get some wheels turning. That's what we appreciate. We'll come back with cover three. We'll come back with your calls. We'll come back with your text. We'll do it. And we have Andrea Carter coming up at 430 from ESPN. This is Raider Nation Radio. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we have Andrea Carter from ESPN joining us at around 430. We were just talking about quarterbacks and the Raiders making a move for our franchise guy. I thought this note was pretty interesting, and this is from Josh DeBow from the AP, and I know he's not a big fantastic name that everyone's excited about in Raider Nation, but I thought this was interesting because we were just talking about it. The Chiefs made the playoffs with Alex Smith in 2016, traded up to draft Patrick Mahomes in 2017. The Eagles made the playoffs with Carson Wentz in 2019, drafted Jalen Hurts in 2020. In related news, Raiders haven't drafted a quarterback in any round since 2016. So there's that. So just kind of a little nugget about uh, the Raiders, their uh, previous staffs, and what they've done or or haven't done in the upcoming draft. So it should be interesting to see what they do. Sticking with the quarterback conversation, we talked about Brock Purdy and how he went down early with that injury against the Eagles. Knew it was an elbow injury. Knew it could be pretty serious. And it's really serious. Brock Purdy tore his UCL, UCL and is going to be sidelined for at least six months as per Adam Schefter. You want to talk about bad luck. Terrible luck. We just had this conversation. Matter of fact, we kind of had this argument on the show about Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Jimmy G. What are they going to do in in San Francisco with their quarterback position? It should be Brock Purdy's job to keep and all that. Well, now all of a sudden he's going to be sidelined at least six months. So guess what? Opens the door right back up for Trey Lance to go in and, and get that job again and maybe even keep Jimmy G around. Right? I mean, that really opens it back up for Jimmy G. You have no idea. He's going to be a free agent, but if the market doesn't develop the way he thought it, it, it should or wants it to, you never really know. So I found that to be pretty interesting. So Brock Purdy, who has been, you know, the, the, the conversation since he's taken over as the quarterback of the 49ers, the third-string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, whatever you wanted to call him, went in there and did a hell of a job, tore his UCL, and is supposed to be sidelined for six months. That's per Adam Schefter. The Texans and D'Amico Ryans, it's just about a done deal. D'Amico let the Denver Broncos know that he's not interested. He's headed to Houston. So that should be announced sooner rather than later. Also, J.J. Watt tweeted out a picture of him and Ryans both back in their Texans playing days. Of course, J.J. Watt has recently retired. He hasn't really officially retired, but uh, he already let it be known that following the season, once Arizona was done playing, he was done playing. Arizona's been done playing. So, does that mean that J.J. Watt's going to be a part of D'Amico Ryan's staff? Does it mean he's just excited for his, his old running buddy? I don't know. But D'Amico Ryan's is going to be the new head coach there in Houston. I'm interested to see. We'll talk to John McClain on Wednesday. He can't do tomorrow, so he'll join us on Wednesday. Really interested to see. He was excited and pumped up about D'Amico, a longtime Houston Texan. I want to see how he puts things together as a defensive-minded head coach. Obviously, you've got to have – offensive weapons. You've got to have playmakers. They're expected to go after a quarterback with a number two overall pick. So if they get Bryce Young, like I do expect them to do, you know, who's who's D'Amico Ryan's going to bring in to help develop that guy and get him where he needs to go? That's going to be interesting to me, and I hope that his first time being a head coach, it works out for him. I think he's a hell of a coach. I think he's got the, uh, you know, the ear of his players in San Francisco. I know Fred Warner was uh, upset that that was the way that they went out because they knew that that was going to be his last game as their coach. So clearly the players really care about D'Amico Ryans now. He's going to be taking his party to H-Town, and we'll see who they bring in on the offensive side of things. Denver is still a big question as far as the, the uh, head coach goes there. They told a handful of guys, including David Shaw and others, that uh, they're out of the running for the head coaching position there. I guess they're making another run, another push for Jim Harbaugh. Maybe that's going to be the scenario, but it feels like this new ownership staff in Denver hasn't really – 
played this out the way that they thought that they were going to play this out and get the, the coach that they thought that they were going to get. I think that they really believed they were in, in line for Sean Payton. It's feeling more and more as the days go by that Sean Payton's not going to be coaching this year. Maybe he'll, end up, he'll come back next season. Who knows? But it really doesn't feel like Sean Payton is, is going to head to, to Denver. And maybe some of the reason is because of the draft capital that you got to get up to acquire him. And, look, if I'm the Saints and their ownership, I'm not just trading him away for a, a, you know, a hot cake and, uh, and a bag of nickels, right? I'm trying to train him for everything as well. I'm trying to, uh, you know, hey, you got to give me a whole lot to get this cat. I don't care. You, you, the worst you can say is no, <laughs> right? And, and just let him stay right where he's at. Okay, well, that's fine. You don't want to give up that draft capital that I want? Fine, so be it. Then he ain't coaching your team this year. And that's, I, that's exactly how I'd play it if I'm the Saints as well. You want to try to build that team. They have a lot of holes on that team that they've got to try to build. So all the draft capital they can get is better. They're super far over the salary cap, so they got to go ahead and build it through the draft. Kellen Moore, talk about f- falling up. This guy gets fired on Sunday, and they say it was a mutual parting of ways between the Cowboys and uh, offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. And then, about, I don't know, four or five hours ago, it's announced that he is the offensive coordinator with the Chargers. So he wasn't even really out of a job 24 hours before he got another job. So Kellen Moore is no longer the OC in Dallas. He is now the OC with the Chargers, and he's, uh, he's going to get, I believe, a better quarterback to work with. He had Dak Prescott. Now he's got Justin Herbert. The thing about Kellen Moore, I've never been a big fan of Kellen Moore in general just because I didn't think his play calling was very good for what they had to work with. In Dallas, and I, look, I spent a long time in Central Texas covering the Cowboys and, of course, a lot of college football. I never thought Kellen Moore was right for that job. When Mike McCarthy took over as the head coach, I thought, okay, there's no doubt he's going to end up being the play caller. It took a lot longer than I expected. But he just got so pass-happy. And it's just like, throw the rock, throw the rock, throw the rock. When Cooper Rush came in for Dak Prescott, they actually did what they were supposed to do. Run the ball, run the ball, give the ball to Tony Pollard, give the ball to Zeke. Use that massive offensive line to your advantage. And they did that when Cooper Rush was in there. But when Dak came back, it's just like, throw the ball around the yard. And it didn't work out very well. So uh, I thought Jerry Jones was keeping him around. That He was already on staff when Mike McCarthy got, held, uh, got hired. So I thought that Jerry Jones was making him keep him around. Clearly... Either Jerry said, all right, fine, or they, they realized that other teams were interested in Kellen Moore. He had interviewed a couple times with the Panthers for their head coaching job. They didn't get that. So apparently he either went in there and said, hey, you know, I need to go. Let's agree to mutually part ways. I got other opportunities I'm interested in, or something happened. But it feels like in Big D, Mike McCarthy's probably on his last lifeline, and now Kellen Moore is going to be with the Chargers as the OC. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out. That should be pretty interesting to see how he works with Justin Herbert moving forward uh, a couple thing couple more notes and then uh and then we'll take a couple calls and a couple texts before we get to andrea carter from espn uh the salary cap is now set for 2023 uh the nfl informed all 32 teams today that the 2023 salary cap will be a record 224.8 million dollars per club that's up from 208.2 million in 2022 182.5 million in 2021 that was a COVID adjustment 198.2 million in 2020 and then 188.2 million in 2019. So there's a lot of reasons why the salary cap continues to go up, but it is. It's going up, 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 and up. The Raiders, after the whole car situation is said and done, should have around 52 million ish, give or take a few million dollars in salary cap space. So what I'm telling you is they have plenty of cap space to work with. They want to improve that roster and, and go and sign a couple key free agents. They can, but you can't build the whole team through free agency. You got to get a couple key free agents, key draft picks. Maybe make a couple key trades, but that's how you're going to build it. You're not going to be able to build it just by way of free agency. So 50-something million dollars, I believe that's, what, ninth? They'll, they'll, they're, they're listed right now, nine out of 32 teams as far as salary cap space for 2023. So that's not too bad at all. Also, Raiders-related, punter A.J. Cole has been named to the second Pro Bowl. Uh, he was there because Chiefs punter Tommy Townsend obviously is going to be playing in the Super Bowl, so he had to pull out of the Pro Bowl, and A.J. Cole slides in, so he joins teammates Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, and Josh Jacobs as the Pro Bowlers for 2022, which is really great, right? I mean, A.J. Cole has been fantastic. Uh, four Pro Bowlers on a team that went 6-11, and 11. and I realized that A.J. was uh, an alternate and filling in because Tommy Townsend, but that looks really good on the resume. Right. When you go back and look and he goes and has contract negotiations later on, whatever he chooses to do, ain't going to say like, oh, asterisks, he made the Pro Bowl because Tommy Townsend was playing the Super Bowl. They're going to say, no, A.J. Cole was a Pro Bowler for the second time. 
So you got to give him a lot of credit for that. And, of course, you got to give credit to the Adams, Crosby, Jacobs, and A.J. Cole for all being pro bowlers. So uh, that's what I got for you for news and notes. A little cover three action, just kind of scatter shooting around the NFL. We do want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. And also our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r You can always chime in on anything we've talked about. Plus, not only that, you can always scatter shoot and talk about whatever really is on your mind, whatever you would like us to discuss. You know how we roll. Again, 69187, keyword r and so do text line. And also 702-365-9200. Let me get to a couple of these texts, and then Bobby will hit up Andrea Carter from ESPN. We're going fast and furious here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Mailman Raider say, yo, Q. At least in this celebrity game, everybody will know if it's a bucket, unlike a certain video on a phone disputing a catch or not. And does Q beat DeMond's high school stat line in two minutes of play? Uh, that's from Mailman Raider. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> right? I'll, get, I'll, 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 I'll make the stat sheet somehow. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to make the stat sheet. I wish I was in a lot better shape than I am, but it's all good. There's going to be no excuses. We got the exercise bike at the house. The wife is already telling me, like, hey, man, you got to spend a little bit of time at least to get that cardio right, so I'm going to do that, playing this game on Saturday. And uh, a lot of people around the office were like, Q, what time's the game? I was like, I don't even know. I'm not even sure what time the game is, but I know it's going to be a lot of fun. I know the only thing that really matters is I'll have my hair cut before I get there, right? Because <laughs> the next day we're heading to Arizona, so we got to get in the car and ride. So, you know, I got the uh, the knee pads ready because the, the, the knees ain't what they used to be when I was a youngster. You know, I had a couple ACL surgeries, but I'm good to go. And if Floyd says, hey, Q, two minutes, you got two minutes, cool. I'm going to give them the best two minutes I got. If they say three minutes, I'll give them three. If they try to push me and make me play a little bit longer, that's fine. I'll do that too. I may pay for it later, but I'll do that too. So excited about that opportunity. Uh, We'll have actually tickets to give out to that celebrity uh, basketball game that's going on uh, at the Cox Pavilion. We'll give out tickets to that later on this week. Also, got a text. Raider Nation Radio says, hey, Q. With that info about Purdy, do you see a scenario where the, the Niners pursue Derek Carr? And that's something I hadn't thought of. Thank you for that text. I haven't thought about Derek Carr with the Niners. I've thought about Brady with the Niners a couple times. But you know what? Derek, I mean, I could see a possibility. I think really it just opens the door for Trey Lance to take over that spot again. I really think that that's, you know, where it goes. And, and look, we had Bonte Hill on from 95-7 The Game when everyone was asking about Trey Lance. Go get Trey Lance. Go get Trey Lance. And I kept saying, I don't think he's available. Why would he be available for all the draft capital that they gave up to get him? So now it kind of justifies the fact that they have him. It sucks for Brock Purdy. It really does. What a terrible break. And I don't mean to be funny when I say that, but what a terrible break for a guy that had a hell of a story. Now all of a sudden, if, if I'm Brock Purdy, I'm sick. I'm sitting at home sick. I'm like, I'm like Brandy back in the day. Remember when she said, I'm sitting up in my room? <laughs> sitting up in my room. That's how I be. I'm sitting in my room. I don't want to talk to nobody. Q, you want to eat? Go away. Not hungry. Q, you want it? No, go away. Like, that's if I'm Brock Purdy, man, I ain't talking to nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to see nothing. I'm just sick. Everything, the story was so great. It was right in itself. Cinderella story, all of a sudden, poof. Clock strikes midnight, right? That's, I, I just hate when people lose their jobs based off of injury. Vegas Pete hit us up and said, I can't see McDaniels won a rookie quarterback to decide his fate as a coach. He will want a vet who knows his offense. So that goes back to the conversation of, you know, a Tom Brady coming into Allegiant Stadium, coming into the Raiders organization for a year or two to try to hold it down. They've got to do a lot. And the beauty of this, I guess, is we'll know if they've signed a veteran quarterback well before we'll, we know anything about the draft. The draft isn't until the end of April. Obviously, free agency is going to open up March 15th. So we'll know what's going to happen well before we know what happens with the draft. But I'm interested to see, even if they sign a veteran, do they believe that one of those quarterbacks in the top 10 either – Either uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Will Levitz could be the guy. That'll be interesting. And, I, and I'm with you. I don't think that McDaniels, Ziegler, or anyone else wants their fate in a, in a rookie's hands. Not right now. I just don't see it. I think that, that they believe that they can win with a lot of the guys that they have, and they have make a few tweaks here and there, and they could be on to something. So We'll see about that. Uh, Mark in Jersey hit us up. Better coaching, better players, and team speed at every position. That's something that the Raiders need is team speed. I'm glad you pointed that out. They need more speed at the wide receiver position. They need more speed on defense. Two key spots where they need more speed. I like that. The coaching has to be better. I think Josh McDaniels, he talks it all the time. He's never coached a perfect game. He's got to get better than what he did in 2022. 
Patrick Graham, he says it all the time. Uh, he's learning at the same time. He's got to coach a better better game. But he also has to have better players to go out there and execute and do exactly what he needs them to do. Uh, and then one more text, and then we'll get to Andrea Carter. Jim from Yonkers. Gruden had too much power. Al Davis never gave it to him. Smart man. 10 years, $100 million, you never give it to a coach. Gruden got rid of proven talent for prospects. Our 2014 draft has six guys still playing. None of them are Raiders. One of our best drafts, Matt Carr, Jackson Ellis, Shelby Harris, and TJ Carey. Thank you. That's from Jim and Yonkers. And I'll say this. You know, Mac obviously was a hell of a player. Carr did some great things for the organization. Jackson was a hell of a, a, a pickup for the offensive line, got him in the third round. Uh, Ellis, he's done some good things. Uh, Shelby, Shelby Harris, really good. TJ Carey I thought was okay. I didn't think he was great, fantastic. But you're right, that was one of the better drafts, right? Latavius Murray, when they had it, I mean, they're – Reggie McKenzie won executive of the year that year for a reason, right? He, he really did hit it out the park. The problem is Reggie McKenzie only did that once. Raiders need to make sure that they consistently are getting hits like that in the draft, like, like the Ravens do, like the Seahawks normally do. You know, there's certain teams that just hit in the draft. They make a living of hitting in the draft. The Niners have consistently done that. Look at the blueprint. You want to talk about blueprints? Look at what they did in San Francisco. John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan, they both came in together at the same time. They both built the team in the image of what they wanted. They took a few lumps early on. People wanted them gone. John Lynch sucks at this. He's terrible. And then all of a sudden he worked it out. Kyle Shanahan, he ain't all that. And then he worked it out. Now, he's had a few blunders along the way, as we all know, but he's had the, the team in the Super Bowl. He's had them a game away from the Super Bowl a couple times. So obviously the dude could coach. They put together a team in the image of what they wanted, and now they're taking off. Can Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, and Josh McDaniels do that? Only time will tell. Joining us now on the phone lines from ESPN, uh, very thankful to have this next guest, Andrea Carter. Again, from ESPN, you can find her on Twitter, at Andrea underscore Carter. And Andrea, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. appreciate you. Wanted to turn our attention away from the Raiders and talk about the WNBA and Candace Parker, Coming to uh, to Las Vegas to play with the Aces and Becky Hammond. When you heard that news, as someone who covers the WNBA like a glove, what were what was going through your head? The first thing that went through my mind, honestly, and first of all, thank you for having me. Um, and the first thing was like, wow, this is not fair. I mean, you combine what uh, two-time WNBA MVP Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum's been an All WNBA player. Chelsea Gray just was the Finals MVP. The whole team just came off of a championship that was really built on unselfish team basketball. And you add a piece like Candace, who to what it seems like to me just wants to win a championship again. Um, it's just so much talent. And obviously the question mark is how does this talent fit together? The question mark is, you know, how do you know, Asia and Candace and, and Chelsea, who has such a great, and you know, Chelsea has such a great relationship with Becky Hammond. Chelsea's obviously played with Candace before. So it's just like, there's just so many dynamics that I'm interested in watching unfold. Um, but how does all this talent mesh on the floor is so exciting to me. I mean, you think about, you know, when Candace won with Chicago a couple seasons ago, you know, she had a true point guard. She had, um, you know, the athleticism of Diamond to Shields and Kali a Copper. She had a sharp shooter and score and Quigley. And, like, she just had pieces around her. Um, and this this will be the most talented team she has around her, in my opinion. So it'll it'll be really fun to watch. I'm, I'm anticipating a lot of fun, a lot of action at the Michelob Ultra Arena. And, I mean, it's already something that you got to go out and see because it's so much fun, the environment's so much fun. But it brings a lot more star power even to Las Vegas. And, you know, we're coming off a big NFL weekend. Does it feel like almost that Candace Parker is like the Tom Brady uh, in the in the WNBA where, <laughs> you know, you bring her into your organization. And it's like there's, there's a, a, a great shot of winning a championship there yeah absolutely i mean you saw what happened when she went to chicago they yep. won um and i remember talking to james wade it it was the first season or maybe it was this past season honestly i can't remember they all run together but he he just was talking about how having candace i think it was the first year she was there having candace changes everything it changes the way fans view you it changes the way at times refs call the game it changes um the any doubt that your team might have when they're down it, it changes the way you practice right like it just changes everything uh the the standard that she brings and the the 
everything that comes with Candace Parker and who she is and what she's done in this league and, you know, the reputation that she's created for herself is a franchise changing one. So, yeah, I think compare it to whatever great player you want to, you know, she's a player that makes immediate championship level impacts. So she knows the game. She has high basketball IQ and she wants to win. Like you watch Candace play and you still see how competitive she is, how much she hates losing, how much she hates turning the ball over and things like that. So you just know that the standard that the aces already set last season with the way that they played the game uh, elevates more with Candace being 100% bought into it and adding to it. Yeah, she wants to win. She makes everyone around her better, and the Aces are already a really good team. Again, we're talking with Andrea Carter from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So we talked last year right before the Aces won their championship, Becky Hammond getting that win in her first year as the head coach. How big was that for Becky Hammond? How big was that for just the, the WNBA in general, just to know if you invest in your coaches, you invest in your players, teams are going to be really excited and fun and can win immediately. That's exactly what I was thinking. I believe that Vegas set the standard for investing and what happens when you invest and you pour into and you give the resources and you give the time, like the way that that arena was packed and loud, the energy there for the aces during that finals run was electric. I mean, it was so much fun. The fans were so excited everywhere. Becky went, they, they just were so happy to have her. Right. And you see franchises, there have been franchises in the past that cut corners. And what happens when you cut corners? Nothing lasts long. And Becky Hammond comes in. And while it is immediate success, it's also sustainable success because of the way that the Aces went about it. And so I think that they definitely set the standard for what it means to invest in the best and pour into the players. And it, it really ends up being an incredible product on the floor that people love to see. Well, they're bringing in an incredible player in Candace Parker and Asia Wilson's been on record before saying that she grew up, she was a, a fan of, of Candace Parker when she was even in school. And you went to Tennessee, so you know very well where Candace comes from. What does she mean to you? What does she mean to just women's basketball in general? Candace is, uh, I mean, Candace has always been great to me. It was just like a big sister to me, honestly, at this point. There were, you know, there was a time I was in California and she opened her doors for me and let me stay there and let me, you know, she, if I call and she doesn't answer, she calls me back. Like she's just that kind of person to me personally. Um, always honest, always very upfront, sometimes brutally honest, but will tell you how it is. And so um, I think she is a person of high character and she is, you know, one of my favorite things from spending time with her in LA, this was so long ago, golly, this had to be 2016 maybe when I went out there. Um, just watching her be a mother to lay and, right. you know, now she has two kids and, but just watching the mother that she is, I, it was just amazing to me. Um, her, her level of care and attention to detail in all aspects of her life. So, um, I think Candace is a special person, honestly, just, I appreciate everything that she's done to impact others and create a standard for herself. And just the way that she goes about her her personal life, her business life, her, her basketball life, her right. professional life, just, you know, she's at the desk with you know, Shaquille O'Neal and, right. you know, just Charles Barkley. And they're, she's talking the game and standing toe to toe with them with such confidence. I think she sets such a great example of what it means to have confidence in yourself through the work and the time that you've put in and to be dedicated. And, you know, she has earned and worked for, everything that you know she's gotten and i think it's it's just awesome honestly it really is and and you're right she hit the the standard i mean she's the mother you know professionally like you said at the desk with uh, kenny and Shaq and and charles and playing and winning championships and she's trying to right. win three championships right. you know <laughs> like man yeah. That's incredible. So, I mean, it, it feels like, you know, the, the everything is going to run through Vegas with her and Asia Wilson and Kelsey Plum and Chelsea. And, I mean, it's just they got everything going. Chelsea Gray, they got everything going for them. So, I know free agency is still going on. Is there anyone else out there that you see as a, a player that you're really keeping the eye on to see where they end up landing that could be a difference maker? Oh, it has to be Brianna Stewart. I mean, that's that's, in my opinion, another huge, huge, 
huge move that we have to see what happens. Obviously, there's a lot of speculation on where she could go. I mean, does she join John Cole Jones in New York? And then you have John Cole Jones and Brianna Stewart and Sabrina Ionescu. Mm. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Maureen Johannes, who, who stormed onto the scene last season. And Han Shu, who grew a ton, has a ton of size on the inside. And so I think that Brianna Stewart's move is is a big time one. Courtney Vandersloot as well. Um, but those are, I think Brianna Stewart is the one that everyone is the most curious about. What will, what will Brianna Stewart do and where will she go? It's going to be exciting. It really is. I love how the game is continuing to grow and grow each and every year. It feels like more eyeballs are getting put on the game and, and that's a good thing. So Andrea, you're always super busy. What do you got coming up? What's, what are you doing next? What should we be on the lookout for? <sighs> And I was just in the studio today. We had a little double, we had a double header on ESPN for women's hoops. Um, I'm actually driving to Syracuse right now. Studio was in Connecticut. Instead of taking a connecting flight, I would always rather make a drive if I can. So I'm driving to Syracuse. I'll do the game. And then I'm in the studio on Thursday. I'm in the studio on Sunday. And then I'll be at Miami next Monday. So You'll catch me somewhere. Nice. Well, I say it all the time. It's a good thing to be busy, right? <laughs> it's a good 100%. thing. 100%. <laughs> it's a good thing to be busy. Well, keep up the great work. Uh, I definitely appreciate you giving me a few minutes and just doing a little bit of uh, insight on uh, Candace Parker coming to the LV Aces. Uh, be safe. Enjoy everything that you do. Keep it, like I said, keep up the good work, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Q. Appreciate you. There she goes. Andrea Carter right there from ESPN on Twitter, at Andrea underscore Carter. And with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Didn't even get to the point in conversation where uh, I talked about Alicia Clark also set to join the Aces as well. So the Aces are putting together a hell of a roster. I think that's good for Las Vegas. I think that's good for the intentions of all the professional teams out here, including the Raiders, because you've got to have some star power. You've got to have some folks that people want to go out there and see. Candace Parker, Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, Alicia Clark is being added to the mix. I mean, that's a hell of a roster right there. Becky Hammond is an all-star and a, and, a, and a rock star in her own self as the head coach of the Aces. So now it's the Raiders' turn to go out there and do their business and put out a great product that Raider Nation wants to see as well. 4.46 is the time. Many thanks to Andrea Carter. We'll come back, close out the show, and hear from you. 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword r This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 4.50 is the time. Got a few minutes left in today's show. It's gone by fast and furious. It's been a lot of fun. Ed Graney joined us at 2.30 from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, also the Review Journal. Jordan Schultz from The Score. He joined us to talk all things Tom Brady, Max Crosby, a couple pieces that he put out. He's a really good insider. He's on his way to the Senior Bowl, so maybe we'll catch up with him a little bit later this week. I know we'll have some interaction with folks headed to the Senior Bowl. I'm excited about that. We'll do the interaction here with the Shrine Bowl. And then we'll have some other people that are there at all the practices. Like I haven't been able to get out to. I just heard that the next practice is going to be at a, at a, the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center. And there's so many people anticipating being there. It's going to be a lot of Ubers <laughs> on the way to Henderson tomorrow. So that'll be exciting. But uh, shout out to Jordan Schultz for joining us at 3 o'clock. Former NFL defensive back Mark McMillan joined us at 3.30. And then you just heard from Andrea Carter from ESPN. Got a lot of good feedback, though, uh, from the phone lines and the don'tbebroke.com text line as well, 69187, keyword r That's how we'll close out today's show is with your feedback. Uh, Roddy Raider says, as much as a dyna- dynamite quarterback is exciting, I don't think the Raiders can afford for them to not draft a top-10 defensive lineman. They need their Parsons, Thibodeau, Gardner. We as a nation want long-term success. Personally, taking a risk on the third or fourth best quarterback in the draft ain't it. Not an expert, but just how I feel. That's from Roddy Raider right there. So basically, he wants the best guy on defense if, if, if they're there, if they're there at number seven. And I, I, look, that's the, that's the funny conversation, right? That's the conversation we've been having. You know, this or that, this or that. We, we really don't know, but I'm with you. Like, I would love to see the best defensive lineman, you know, a Jalen Carter, uh, you know, it, it, anyone who could be that dude, Will, you know, Will Anderson, if they could be that guy, I'd love to see them drop to the Raiders and them go get in and have that 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 staple to really build around and, and team up with Max Crosby. They they need plenty of help on the defensive side of things. That's that's for sure. That's a given. So that's why that, that pick at number seven is going to be so interesting, especially if they stay pat right there and don't move around. They don't move up when they don't move down, then what's the what's the call at number seven? And and, and I'm with you with picking the third or fourth best quarterback. Like if they come out of the top ten 
Let's just throw this out there for S's and giggles. If they just come out of there with Anthony Richardson from Florida, I'll, I, I, think I'd, <laughs> I think I'd be really disappointed. That would be the best way to put it. Because to me, he probably has the biggest upside as far as, as far as athletic ability, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great quarterback. You know, and I just haven't seen enough of him to have a good feeling. Like, again, I had a great feeling about Jalen Hurts coming out of school because I, I saw the athletic ability, but I also saw the willingness to work hard. And I also saw the maturity that he had when he got benched for Tua. And let's just call it what it is. He got benched for Tua. And then he came back in when they needed him. But he was so mature about it, he, he didn't act like a college kid. They always say he's wise beyond his years. He, he really is. He's an old soul. <laughs> you know, I mean, when Anita Baker is one of his, you know, his favorite artists, it kind of tells you all you need to know, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's a young cat. He's listening to, you know, young music, young cat's music and all that. But, you know, he's got that old soul about him. So he hears a little Anita Baker, some Luther. He's good. He's just a different dude. That's why I felt confident that he was going to continue to work on his, on his craft and be the guy he is. And Anthony Richardson might be the exact same way. I just haven't seen it. So I can't pound the table and say, yeah, that's the guy. I've seen reports out there that GM Dave Ziegler is big on Anthony Richardson. I, I, I couldn't say that he is or, or I couldn't say that he isn't. I really don't know. I don't know what he's looking for. I don't know what a, you know, a Dave Ziegler quarterback looks like. Now we'll find out sooner rather than later. Right, We'll start to see the plan, and we'll start to be able to put things together and say, okay, this is what the Raiders would do. I know one thing. The one word I'm going to stick with when it comes to the draft and the Raiders is versatility. That's going to be the one word because that's the one thing that we do know. We know that as a matter of fact, that that's something that he's looking for. Versatile, smart football players. Nothing wrong with that. I'm good with that. But that's really, at this point, that's all I know. So there's that. <laughs> but we definitely, uh, we definitely appreciate, definitely appreciate all the great feedback. Uh, Mailman Raider said, I wonder if Candace Parker had any conversations with KD about this move. LOL. Uh, yeah, I don't think Candace Parker is worried too much about what KD is talking about when it comes to, uh, when it comes to moves. But uh, I'm excited about Candace Parker being part of the Aces, and I think that team is going to be a hell of a team next time they take the court. So uh, thank you, Raider Nation. We'll have plenty of great guests coming up on tomorrow's show, including Freddie Coleman. From ESPN's Freddie Fitzsimmons, he'll be uh, along on the show to talk about the Super Bowl, what his expectations are from the Eagles side of things, from the Chiefs side of things, and we'll have plenty more. We'll have some uh, feedback from the Shrine Bowl and more, and of course, we'll hear from you, Raider Nation, as well. So appreciate you. Thanks for making Monday fantastic. Stay safe out there on the roads. Bobby Machado, appreciate you stepping in for DeMond, holding it down in a major way. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you tune into the Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920.